So let's get into the message real quick. If you got your Bibles with you, Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, I got to get going, all right? And this, was, this, was, this is not part of my message, but here we go. Matthew chapter 1, we're in a collection of talks entitled Believe Again. Believe Again. And so here's what Matthew chapter, eight, uh, chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, say betrothed, all right? Betrothed, all right? Betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with a child, with child from the Holy Spirit, and that's Jesus. And her husband Joseph, being just a man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. There's a lot to talk about this, but they weren't really married, but they were engaged. But, this, but their engagement was more binding than a marriage or an engagement that we have today. So their public declaration that they're going to be married was literally so binding they had to get a divorce even though they weren't married yet. I mean, no, that would change a lot of things in our culture, right? Like, ah, here's the next one. But he considered these things. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Say dream. Come on, that's a good church right there, right? In a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you should call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. So this took place to fulfill, right? This took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name will be Emmanuel. When Joseph woke up from his sleep, what you catch that? He's sleeping. Angel comes to him in a dream. He wakes up from his sleep, and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took his wife, but he knew her not until, and this is the whole marriage deal, she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. He called his name Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for this word. Father, I pray today, encourage us today. Father, I pray we walk out of this building, we're going to be dreamers. Father, when we walk out of this building, we're going to be visioneers. Father, when we walk out of this building, I pray we hear from God and we're forever changed. Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Abby, so much. And uh, we give it up for our worship team. I'm so proud of them. Man, this has been, it's been a fun season of our church. And uh, just one more thing. In January, we're preparing for 21 days of prayer and fasting. 21 days of prayer and fasting. So make sure you get those sugar cookies in now. You get my permission, you know. Uh, uh, the title of my uh, talk today is Dream again. If you're taking notes, dream again. I saw someone whip out the sitcom notebook, uh, but the title of my message is dream again. Uh, you know, we sleep is, sleep is fun. Sleep is fun in my house. Um, you know, when my wife and I, we've been married, uh, what, 14 years. And, uh, you know, when we got married, uh, you know, she, she lived with her parents. I, I, I had my own apartment. After we got married, we, we had the honeymoon, and then we came back, and, and, and we all moved into, my wife and myself, we moved into one home because we're married, and boom, we went in. I remember uh, uh, there's a lot of different things we had to learn about one another, and one of those things was I take my hearing aids out. When I, when I sleep. And so I take them out, I hear nothing. All right, I'm 60% deaf in this year, 100% deaf in this year. So I take my hearing aids out, I hear nothing. Pastor Lindsay wears contacts or glasses. She takes those out, she sees nothing. All right, so how many now? Two become one. We're probably the best house to break into because I will go, you see that? She'll go, what? You know, it'll be, it'll be, it, it's just rough. 
But one of the things I learned about my wife was this thing called um, night terrors. Night terrors. And uh, she didn't know she had them. And I didn't know she had them. And I remember our first night together, uh, she, she woke up, right? She woke up, she grabbed, she grabbed me, woke me up. And I went, yeah? And she took a pillow and she went, woof, threw the pillow at the door and said, got him. I just laid there and said, what have I got myself into? What have I done? I mean, there's many, there's many evenings where she'll wake up and she'll go, you see that? You see that? And now, 14 years later, I just go along with it because she doesn't even remember. She goes, you see that? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see that. She goes, yeah, you see that? I go, I got it. She goes, thank you. She goes back to bed. Next morning, next morning, I'm like, you remember? She's like, no, I don't remember anything. So they were having some fun with it, right? But I remember one particular morning, um, I woke up, and, uh, and she looked at me, and she was like, how dare you? And I was like, what? Like, I'm trying to remember, like, I didn't mess with you last night. You know what I mean, like, I didn't, look at that, you know? And she goes, how dare you? And I was like, what's the matter, babe? She goes, I had a dream that you cheated on me. And I was like, yeah? It was a dream. And she went, sure. Can I just tell you, I think we need to dream again. We need to dream again. But there are some things we need to know about dreams. Not every dream is from God. Can I just tell you, if, if I'm not a dreamer, like I'm a dreamer, but I'm not a dreamer. Like, if, like if, I, if I base my life on Jesus, like dinosaurs would be real because that's all they do in my dream. The dinosaurs chase me in my dream. That's all I dream about, you know? Like, I just don't have those kinds of dreams. But here's what we need to know about dreams, Boop, right? Here's what a dream is. Scientifically, dreams are combined product of memory and sensation. They project information recorded and stored in the mind since early childhood, opening the window of the mind and giving a glimpse of a person's unconscious self. A dream may be triggered by anything, perhaps a noise, an odor, or a touch that physically disturbs the sleeper. I love this. You see this in bold? Indigestion. How many know that pizza you had last night is affecting your dream? Can I get an amen, somebody? I had a dream. Did you have pizza last night? Ah, you know. Or, or an emotional state can produce dreams. Worry and fear often give rise to nightmares. And so I'm going through the, 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 the story of, of you know, the virgin birth and Mary, and there's Elizabeth, and then there's Zechariah, and uh, man, it's just phenomenal with the shepherds and the wise men. And I begin to read about the story of Joseph, and I begin to see that Joseph had three different dreams. Three different dreams. And I think a lot of times when we see dreams, we're either thinking in the context of a God context or even in a real context. I had a dream last night, or I had a dream this week. But I want you to know that in the original uh, Greek, when it said Joseph had a dream and an angel came to visit him, the original word there is from the Strong's Concordance 3677, which means dream. And so Joseph had a 
dream, a literal dream. But if we go from Strong's Concordance 366, and we open up our Strong's Concordance, and we find 3,677, uh, 3, this is what we're going to find. We're going to find that the word there originally, in that word, when it said Joseph had a dream, it really meant Joseph had a word in a dream. So when Joseph had a word, he had a word from God. So here in our context today, a dream is a word. A dream is a word. And this was kind of hard though, right? So, so was my dream because of pizza? Or was my dream because of God? Was my dream because of something stored up? Maybe it's wishes or desires and I dreamt it? Or was it really God speaking to me through dreams? Because hear me out, church, I believe God does this as well. I believe God will speak to us in dreams. I want you to know, I love this. As Joseph considered these things, as Joseph considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And in the dream, he gave him a word. Here's what I want you to know. Joseph was considering, what do I do? What's my next step? And then God intervenes to Joseph in a dream. Here's what I love about this whole story. Joseph, he had a word from God. He had a word from God. He had a word from God. So what do I do with a word from God? How do I know it's a word from God? And this is what I want you to see. A God dream always lines up with God's word. A God, a, a God dream always lines up with God's word. So I want to ask you today, does your dream, because all of us in this room, right, I believe we have dreams and visions and desires, but does your dream line up with God's word or does it really line up with my word, with your word? Because a lot of times, I mean, this is the culture where we live in that we're like, come on, dream, have goals, hashtag hustle. And I appreciate those things. I don't want you to be lazy or just like, like I'll just pray about it, you know. But I want you to have dreams for your life. But I want you to know, does your dream line up in God's word or is it your word? And there really is a tension of how come my dream hasn't come to pass? And I want to ask you, is your dream found in God's word? God's promise. Here's what's interesting. John chapter 1 verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. I love this. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I love that God's Word is a light to my path. I love that God's Word should anchor everything that comes into my life. I use God's Word as my filter for my dreams, my visions, or my words. There are probably be people in this room, you've got a prophetic word, and you said, that doesn't really make sense. It probably didn't line up with God's Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. This is talking about the Holy Scriptures, that the, that the Word was God, and the Word was inspired to be written by man. So I love this word here. In the beginning was the word. It's logos is the original Greek word. And logos, in the Hebrew language of the Old Testament, I want you to catch this. I'm trying to wrap this up. I'm a teacher today, and I'll get crazy in just a minute. But I love this. 
if, if a dream is a word, and the beginning was the word, the word was God. Word means logos or logos for some of us. In the Hebrew language, the word is described as the agent of creation, God's law, his standard of holiness. But this is what I want you to see. The Greeks use the word or logos or dream in two ways. It can mean the person's thoughts or reason. What does this all mean? It might refer to a person's speech or the expression of thoughts. How do I know that the word or dream that I've gotten from God is from God? Isaiah, and I love this, Isaiah 58, 55. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and your thoughts are not, my thoughts are not your thoughts. I think we struggle with dreams and visions or a word from God because they're bigger than us. They're bigger than us. I'm thankful for Romans chapter 12. Paul says this to the church in, in Rome, and he says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your thoughts. By the renewing of your ways. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is God's word for my life? What is God's plan for my life? What is good and acceptable and perfect? I give you permission today to test and approve dreams and thoughts with God's word. I give you permission today to test and approve dreams and thoughts. <gasps> it works. Y'all in trouble now. I want you to test and approve dreams and thoughts with this word. With this word. Here's what I love. So many of us in this room, we say, how do I do this? Like, like I believe I got a word. Maybe somebody told you something. Maybe you, had, maybe you had a dream and it was powerful and it meant something to you. And you're going, there is no way I would have thought that, seen that. I believe that happens. So what do I do with that? Do I step out of faith? Do I just blindly follow that? What do I do, Pastor Jeremy? I give you some, uh, some quick steps here this morning. I want you to pray first. I want you to pray about it. I want you to pray. I want you to say, Dear Heavenly Father, I think you're not a, you're not, you're not a God of confusion. You're not going to confuse me. You're not going to keep me in the dark, for you are light in that dark. So Jesus, I pray today, Holy Spirit, tell me. Get a journal out. Write things down. I give you permission to ask God. God, is this an actual word from you, or is this pizza? You know, God, is this a word from you, or is this a little bit too much tapatio? Come on, somebody. A little bit of green chili last night. But what is this? God, is this a word from you? But I also want you to read this word. A lot of times we say, God, speak to me. And God's going, I'm in paperback format. You can speak to me through your word. So Jesus, I, I, I pray, speak to me through your word. What are, what are some scriptures? What are, what are some things that can line up with this word that I have from God? Also, number three, and sometimes we kind of stop right here. We're like, I prayed, I found in the Bible. Because you can find scriptures in the Bible that'll back up something that's not God. If it's taken out of context, right? I got a word. Well, yeah. But did you talk to some trusted mentors? And can I just tell you, I love you, church, but your BFS probably not a mentor. We're probably a peer or someone to go, let's go, you know. I got a word from the, from the Lord Christ nightclub. You know what I mean? Like, no! But how about some mentors in your life? People that you can sit down and go, this is what I feel like God is telling me. 
This is why I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me. This is what it says in God's word. Don't just, hey, and hear me out. I put these in order for a reason. Don't come to them unless you've done this and this first. And say, God, I have a word. And, and what, what, and hear me out. Hear my heart today. I do not want to deter you from obeying God. I want you to obey God. Because here's the last thing is, I want you to act in faith. I want you to say, I prayed about it. I read God's word. This is what it says. God's promises. I talked to some trusted mentors. You know, I've had mentors in my life that I've spoken to and said, <laughs> they're, they're going to they're gonna tell me no. Like, they're going to they're gonna help me out and give me the excuse to get out of what God wants me to do. I remember when, we, when God spoke to Pastor Lindsay and I to start a church. And we prayed about it. We've read in God's word. And we, we, we went to a mentor. And it was like, God wants us to start a church. Like, tell us now. And they said, oh my goodness, yes. And this is what the Lord told me about that. I went, great. Awesome. Praise him. But you know what we did? We acted in faith. Because here's what I love. When Joseph woke up from his sleep, ooh, I got control. When Joseph woke up from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. You notice he, he explicitly obeyed God. He could have said, well, you know, and I got, no, he, he obeyed God. And he called his name Jesus. You know what I love about Joseph? He obeyed immediately. He obeyed immediately. Now, I have a 10-year-old. And uh, my goodness, my 10-year-old is kind of becoming a teenager. You know what I mean? Like 10 going on 20. And, uh, and parents in the house, raise your hand. I am here for you, all right? We're going to have a PTSD group after this. I'll hold each other, you know. And, 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 and I have a 10-year-old, and I'll say, Levi, Levi, right now, go do this. And he'll go, in a minute. Right? In a second. Marie, come on. Yeah, in a minute, you know. And I'll go, hey, Levi, I, no, no, I want you to do it now. And you go, ah, you know. And I've I found myself telling him, like, when I tell you to do something, it's for a reason. It is not like, like, where'd you, like, my parents are here today, you know, and from North Dakota, you know, and hey, and I mean, it wasn't a suggestion whenever my mama told me something or my dad told me something. It wasn't like maybe or I'll, I'll fit it in my schedule. Like, no, I grew up in communism. My parents were dictators. It's just how it was. I love you. Look at me, you know. And can I just tell you, I mean, with now with my 10-year-old, I, I have to hold every fiber of my 80s inner child to say, like, you fear me enough, you know? And I've had to tell my son over and over again, son, delayed obedience is still disobedience. Yeah, even the whole, like, if you don't do it, I'm going to count to three. One, Two, three. You know, you've given someone three seconds to disobey you until they obey you. And I wonder if we do that with God. God says, I want you to do this. And you go, one day, two years, three decades. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And I tell myself over and over again, God, forgive me if I've disobeyed you. Forgive me. Now, hear me out. There's grace. I believe there's grace in the context of God. I'm praying about it. I need to know this is from you. 
God, I need my burning bush experience. God, I need to know that I know that I know that it's you. But once I know that it's you, I'm going to obey immediately. I love this in Psalms. It says this, Psalms 119, the good news uh, translation. Without delay, I hurry to obey your commands. I think that's a good rhyme right there, right? Like, I hurry to obey. I hurry to obey. Without delay, I hurry to obey. So God speaks to Joseph. And you know what? In the context of the Bible, if you read the kind of the timeline, Gabriel went to Mary and spoke to Mary. Mary, you're going to have a son. Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. You're going to have a son. You're a virgin. Name him Jesus. Did you know Mary left to go to Elizabeth and never told Joseph? She just, like, she's like, we ain't married yet, you know. And so during this time, Joseph had no idea that Gabriel spoke to Mary. And so here's what Joseph wakes up from a dream, obeys immediately. So then he goes and takes the, to Mary and, and the baby. And here's what happens next in the gospel story, all right? In these days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all in the world should be registered, a census. So Joseph went up from Galilee to the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Say Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, his, his, his engaged, soon-to-be wife, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And I love this. So Jesus is born, right? Here we are. The wise men have not come yet. That actually happens when Jesus is one to two years old. And it says this, and when they departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Can you think, by now, I would be afraid to go to sleep. Because it says this, rise, take the child as his mother, not from where you are, not from Bethlehem, because he wanted to go from Bethlehem to Nazareth. But he said, no, don't go, don't, don't go back to Nazareth. I want you to take the child and the mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod, the king of that time in that region, is about to search for the child and to destroy him. So Herod said, there's a Savior that is born, and the Savior is going to come and take over my throne. That's what they were thinking. They thought Jesus was going to be a political leader. And so then Herod said, I need to destroy all children between the you know, birth to one to two years old. And so he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. And he remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, out of Egypt, I'll call my son. I love that in a dream, the angel gave Joseph details, things that he wouldn't have known unless the Holy Spirit spoke to him or the angel spoke to him. And the reason why the angel spoke to him was to fulfill what was said in scriptures because a dream always lines up with God's word. A dream should really fulfill God's written word. And here's what I love. Joseph obeyed what it didn't make sense. Well, why, well, I think a lot of us, we probably would have woken up and said, well, I ain't going to Egypt. That's like east side. I ain't going over there. Or, or for, maybe for, like, how, you, how, do, how do you know Herod wants to kill a baby? How, how do you know this even? And how many people am I speaking to today? God speaks to us. We go, yeah, but. And I love that Joseph, he obeyed what it didn't make sense. Church, I believe this is the 
greatest tension of a Christian life, of a Christ follower life, is that we obey when it doesn't make sense to others. Can you imagine Mary saying, why are we going to Egypt? And Joseph said, because God said so. God said to do it. we got to go to Egypt. We're not going to Egypt just for a weekend or for a week. We're going to Egypt until Herod dies, until Herod is gone. And did you notice he did not get this word? It did not say you need to stay there until Herod dies. It said, I want you to stay there until I say so. Until I tell you. I want you to know, obey even if it doesn't make sense to others. Because you prayed about it, found in God's word, seeked out a mentor, and were acting out in faith, you're now to obey even if it doesn't make sense to somebody else. If it doesn't make sense to somebody else. I remember having a conversation with my grandfather. He was about 80, 85 years old uh, at the time, 80, uh, 84 years old. And my grandfather, he loves Jesus. And uh, I even learned later on that when he was uh, in his 20s or 30s, he, he helped start a church way back then. And, and I remember sitting across the table from my grandfather in my other house on the east side. And I told him, God wants us to start a church. And I was waiting for my grandfather to go, glory to God, hallelujah. My grandfather went, are you sure? I was like, Grandpa, you know, he's like, you know, it's hard, right? Like, like, Grandpa, I have to obey, even if it doesn't make sense. And look what the Lord has done at Avenue Church. And Grandpa is one of our biggest supporters. But can I tell you, we obey when it doesn't make sense. Young people in this room, we obey God's word, even when it doesn't make sense. I am pure and holy, even though it doesn't make sense to culture. I tithe and give the legacy offering. Man, I, I tithe 10%, and then a legacy offering was more than, more than 10%. And man, I just, by faith, I gave to this, and it doesn't make sense. Can I tell you how the, the tithing doesn't make sense to me? Like, when I give 10%, God, you're going to give me more. But if I just keep it, won't I have more? I mean, no, it doesn't make sense to others. I mean, no, when you give, press down, shaking together, running over, God opens the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing over our life. There are people in this room, you are attending this church and you gave your life to Jesus and it doesn't make sense to others how you got here. How? Like they accepted you? Doesn't make sense, but I'm obeying God. I'm obeying God. Come in this room, you got a word from God, and you're obeying God. It doesn't make sense. There are people going to missionary journeys, and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to others. But I got a word from God. Here's what I love about Joseph's journey. He had three dreams that led him to three different directions. And here, here, if you really begin to follow Joseph's journey, he had a dream that said, I want you to go to Bethlehem so that Jesus can fulfill Scripture out of Bethlehem will come the Savior. But then I want you to go to Egypt because Herod's going to try to kill your baby and Herod's going to be jealous and Herod thinks it's something else. But out of Egypt, I'll call my son. So you have to go to Egypt so Jesus can fulfill scriptures. And then after Herod's dead, I'm going to speak to you in another dream, the third dream. In that dream, I'll tell you, you can go back to Nazareth where you're from. And the reason why you got to go back to there because Jesus needs to fulfill scripture that, that the Savior will be a Nazarite. 
from the town of Nazareth. And you know what drives me crazy as a pastor? Joseph started in Nazareth and he ended up in Nazareth. Sometimes obeying God goes full circle. And you go, I'm right back to where I started, but I'm better. But I obey. But I had faith. But I saw God move. I may be full circle, but I'm forever changed. And I'm going to ask you today, what if, what if we see more fulfillment in a God dream rather than my dream? I think this is the tension for many of us in this room. We're saying, I got a dream. And God's going, yeah, but is it my dream? I believe we'll see more dreams come to pass if they're God dreams inside of us rather than my dream because of me or for me. But are we, what if we sought more fulfillment in a God dream rather than our dream? I want you to say this. All this took place. Matthew chapter 1. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophets. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son and will call his name Emmanuel. Why did all this take place? Why did an angel speak to Mary? Why did an angel speak to Zechariah and close his mouth? Why did an angel speak to Joseph in three different dreams to fulfill what the Lord has spoken? Now John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I want to ask you this today. What are you dreaming? Like, <laughs> Merry Christmas, right? But what are you dreaming? Online audience, I want to ask you, what are you dreaming? Is it your dream? And I've been really guilty of this as well. I think this is what I, I want to do. Say it, the Lord. I had to back up and say, you know what? Is it a God dream? It's a dream that God has placed inside my heart. You see what I love? God doesn't just say, like, like, go figure it out. If we're listening, if we're praying, if we're attentive to his word, he'll put that dream inside of us. That a God dream will then become my dream. A God dream will then become your dream. Because a God dream goes beyond us. Visions and dreams are not just for the individual. It's for the body. It's for the body. It's for the body. It's for the body. Acts chapter 2. I mean, you know, we need more dreamers. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And can I tell you this today? I ain't old. Tell you an amen. Here's what I love. This word old men means leaders. It means leaders. If you're a leader in this room, dream dreams because our culture needs it. This if you're a leader in this room, dream dreams. If you're a young person in this room, that means, man, I am ready, full of faith, have visions. But say, God, give me a dream that's not just going to impact my life, but it's going to impact their life. Cities, generations, and nations. I want to ask you this today. It's kind of my challenge point. What dream or word is God waiting for you to act on? What word or dream is God waiting for you to act on? 
Please stand with me, please. And here's what I feel like this morning, real quick, as you stand up on the audience as well. Please lean in. Man, avoid any distractions. Turn off that TV or you know, vacuum. You know, and I want you to really dial in just for a second. But what I want us to do today is I want us to just take a moment to say, God, what dream or word are you waiting for me to act on? Because you and Joseph have every right to go, nope. I have some bad hummus last night. I ain't doing it. But he acted by faith for God's dream. Not only changed his family, or Bethlehem, or Nazareth, or Egypt. Joseph's obedience of a God dream affecting us today, 2,000 years later. What God dream or word God waiting for you to act on? And here's what I want us to do today. Please dream a God-sized dream again. Please dream a God-sized dream again. For many of us, the holidays are difficult because we're looking inward and, and we're finding, we're knowing God and we're finding freedom and, and we're going through a healing process. And, and I want you to go through that. I'm going through that as well as your pastor. I've been hurt. But I'm still dreaming. I'm saying, God, give me a God-sized dream. You know, this week, or even last week, preached on rejoice, pain and suffering. And the Bible doesn't say rejoice in your pain. It says rejoice in your suffering. And as we've been to pray, and someone texts my wife that her daughter, if you're in this room, I love you, okay? Her daughter had a dream about Pastor Lindsay and I and gave us details of that dream. He gave it to us, and they, that, that dream for us, given to her, was exactly what we needed to remind us, dream of God's size, dream again. Dream of God's size, dream again. God's listening, and he sees you, and he wants to speak to you. He wants to give you a God's size, dream again. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to leave room just for the Holy Spirit for three minutes, and I'm going to close this thing out. I encourage you today. Man, will you pray? We search his word. We seek mentors out. But then will you act in faith? If you're in this room today, if you're saying, man, I want a word from God. I want a dream from God. I want you to press in and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. A dream that goes beyond me. If you're in this room today, before I'm going to do a just a special call to prayer in just a second, if you're in this room today, you're saying, Pastor, I have a God dream. I have a word from God. But unlike Joseph, I didn't wait. And I buried that dream. I abandoned the dream. But for some reason, the Holy Spirit is doing something in this room today. You're, 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 you're almost kind of like the Shunammite woman where you're saying, don't bring that up. I mourned it. I buried it. I'm fine. And the Holy Spirit's reminding you today, yeah, but I got a dream. I got a word for you. What God-sized dream is he waiting for you to act on again? And if that's you, just raise a hand. Just keep a hand up and say, that's me, Pastor. 
I put a dream to death, and I'm ready to dream again. I'm ready to obey God again. Just keep a hand up. Just keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Just say, that's me. There are people in this room that your dream is going to impact our church and our city. But God's waiting for you. God's waiting for you. Come on, worship team, help me sing it just a second. But church, I want you to raise your expectation. Turn off what you're going to do today, this week, Christmas. I want you to say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Remind me again. Help me to dream again. Because you change it all. Because you change it all. You change it all. Come on, all the audience. Nothing is out of reach. You change it all. Out of reach. You change it all. You change it all. Nothing is out of reach. So show us your glory. Would you show us your glory? In wonder and surrender we fall down. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Let every burning heart be died on the cross for me. If you're here today and you're saying, man, Pastor, I don't know about hearing from God. I don't know about this whole dream deal and visions. And There's something about today, the tangible presence of God, 
that you feel love and joy and peace today. And you almost feel an escape what you're going through. And that's Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. With every head bowed, every eye closed, that's you today. And I'm asking you to join our church. I'd be thrilled to be your pastor. I'm asking you to take a step of faith to accept Jesus into your life. See what God can do in your life. God's got incredible dreams and plans and visions. He wants to use you to make a difference. That's you today. Just raise a hand, put it right back down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. Just put it up, put it right back down. Yes, yes. Anyone else? Just up. Yep, I see you. I'm proud of you. Anyone else? Up. Right back down. I just want to know who I'm praying for. Anyone else? I got to go quick. I want everyone to say this prayer out loud with me as we dream again. Say, dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for what I did. Everyone, lift your voice. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to dream again because I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God.